I mean, I think it's it's a positive thing that she at least spoke out and she put mm-hmm. out a statement and was very clear in the end, even though it was not that clear in the beginning. I think people just thought she was sort of like reclusive when it came right. to media. Right. Um, but the thing that was was very interesting was there were some of the major one of the major UK um, like editors or someone within the media, um, the journalist community in the UK, they actually said, maybe it's not so much a reflection on her. Maybe this is really more of a reflection on us. Yeah, I agree. And like, maybe this is a moment that we have to stop and say, we're driving these people to mental health problems. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We got a pretty current event episode for you this week. Uh, We are going to talk about a pretty big, I would say... um, I don't know if incident is the right word, but headline headline that happened in the world of sports, but also uh, is very, um, very related to uh, health. Very relevant. Very relevant Mm. to mental health, I should say. So uh, we're going to talk about that. But before we jump into that, guys, thank you for listening this week. Uh, We appreciate you guys leaving those ratings and reviews that you've already given us. So. If you haven't done so, please do so. You can go to uh, Apple Podcasts. There's a little spot. If you click on the Addicted to Fitness podcast, down there will actually be a place where you can leave a rating, five-star rating, and a very uh, stellar review. That'd be greatly appreciated. And very then, stellar. Yes, exactly. And then, <laughs> of course, I expect nothing less. Um, then you can go ahead and share the podcast with a friend. Super easy. You can text a link of any episode you want to a friend. It's that it easy. is very convenient. It's that easy, folks. I don't know why you're not doing it. Why well, more people aren't doing it. Anywho, so training recap. I think we have some good training to feature this week. How was your training this week? Miss? My, my training was good. Um, I got in more, more strength related uh workouts this week really so did some did some yoga did some pilates Mm -hmm. and i went to my first group workout in i don't know four three four years yeah uh with you oh i was gonna say who did you do with? i attended yeah. nick's uh saturday boot camp mm-hmm. this past week and it was super fun uh-huh. great group of people and it was really i think it was made all that much more special because my mind was sort of at ease uh-huh. because i didn't feel like i was taking away from my time with my family. In mm-hmm. fact, I was getting a chance to experience Nick in his work environment. Mm-hmm. And so was Ella because Ella also became the tiny coach. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she was 
maybe a bit of a distraction <laughs> for for some people, but honestly, having I don't know what was it six or seven other sets of eyes yep. looking after her. Um, it just made it all that much easier for me to enjoy the class and still feel like I was there with her. Yep. And um, she was also a great body, like additional body weight towards mm-hmm. the end when she climbed on top of me when I was doing some like floor work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was trying to do like, um, you were doing shoulder taps, right? Well, I could not shoulder tap with her on my back. But what yeah. is what is that? The dead, dead bug? No, or a broken table. Is that broken table? Yeah, broken table with bird dog. They call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was definitely a little more challenging with like an extra thirty three pounds on mm-hmm. on top of me. So, but it was really fun, and I'm so glad I went. And it yep. was actually Nick's suggestion. Um, I've not, since I've not really had a chance to spice up my, uh, workouts, I very much appreciate that. Good. And something you'll do again? Yes, All for right. sure. All right. So I know everybody else had a good time too. And like you said, Ella was very entertaining, but hopefully <laughs> it looked like everybody was able to do, stay pretty well on task. Yes. So, so it was good. But that, yeah, that was very fun. I was, I was, I enjoyed it thoroughly too. Like, you know, had a little bit of anxiety about it just slightly anxiety about it going into it um but it actually you know i i knew it was all going to work out i was just wondering anxiety. how ella was going to no i was just going to wonder how ella was going to react to everything about if she was going to be in the way or if she would just be not you know but she it was perfect it worked out fine yeah she so. loves to play with things uh-huh. and she loves to like try to do things that everybody else is doing and I feel like it's the perfect environment for her. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, as far as my training, that was a great uh, kind of the, the great, great uh, I mean, uh, final thing to my training week. You know, did another week of two Pelotons, two kettlebells, and a bodyweight workout. Uh, had a couple early morning workouts or early morning sessions this week with some clients. So I had to cut short some of my, my workouts. But I was able to get in five days of movement. And then, of course, leading off the uh, the workout today for you guys was a really good way to uh, cap an awesome week. Uh, body felt good. Workouts foot felt good. Um, was able to actually hit a lot of workouts Friday, yesterday, because I had some spare time. So I worked out in the morning with the kettlebell, worked out in the afternoon with dumbbells at the gym, and actually went on a 30-minute walk, too. So got wow. a lot of movement in yesterday. Just had a lot of spare time. So that's nice. what you do. That's what I do in spare time just awesome. move more so um but yeah i know uh i kind of just spoke about you know having and dealing with anxiety uh in a very small scale um but kind of our main topic is really about someone dealing with uh anxiety on a grand scale possibly like a, a kind of a global uh scale if you will you know, or at least global exposure type of scale yeah well um, I think we've we've all heard. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not a professional athlete, so just throw that out there. What? Not a professional athlete, so I can't speak from personal experience. But I'm pretty sure it's a common thing that we hear that athletes who are, you know, I think many of them are in it for 
the like challenge and like drive to push themselves and you know seek a championship and everything but maybe not like your your average celebrity they're not necessarily in it first for the celebrity aspect and all that comes with it like being in the media eye um and i think the media have gotten so aggressive with athletes mm-hmm. that it's actually been a long-standing problem that athletes have really struggled with public appearances, press conferences, things like that. And finally, headlines were made because a very promising athlete actually she was going to be forced to go do a press conference and she backed out of like the championship that she was in. Right. And the tournament. Yep. Yeah. The tournament mm-hmm. because she would not do the press conference. Mm-hmm. So and they, were, they were just going to fine her and she was, she was fine with that. But like, no, you've got to do this. She said, fine, I won't do it anymore. Right. So uh, Naomi Osaka, I'm probably pronouncing it right. Oh, right. Excuse me. Probably, probably pronouncing it wrong. Uh, but um, she's a Japanese-American who represents Japan and actually plays for Japan, a national tennis star, practically actually the, the highest-earning tennis player or female tennis player in the world. Um, she uh, dropped out of the French Open, as Shannon said, after her first-round match um, because she actually came into the, in the, into the tournament saying, I'm not going to do media obligations, which as Shannon kind of illustrated that, uh, all players in these, in these tournaments, um, especially that kind of what they call the grand slam, as far as these tennis tournaments go, are obligated to do. They, every player is obligated to meet with the press after the matches, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother, kind of thing to unpack like shannon says media's basically approach to these conferences um whether they're interviewing the winner or the loser is also is very you know it's not measured it's not um they don't take a lot of probably emotions and timing into consideration yeah which can be very stressful like you said um so she's been someone um with this situation i think the bigger situation it's obviously is a it's a it's kind of a good catalyst for making media essentially telling media how to change or forcing media to change their approach especially when it comes to dealing with athletes um because the way i read it i've read a couple different articles about it was that it was really a lack of communications between naomi who was dealing with the issue who it's really hard to put a lot of it's not about really assault, you know, assigning blame, but it's it's really hard to put a lot of kind of responsibility on her because she's dealing with the issue of mental health, anxiety, and depression. But it's it's looking in from it from an organizational standpoint, uh, as far as the 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 tennis organization, how they handled it. You know, a lot of people think it was kind of lacking empathy. Um, which can definitely be seen, but they also, depending on what article you read, they were kind of kept in the dark about why she was doing this until she came out on her own and announced that it was due to mental health reasons. So yeah. I think kind of the main through line is 
regardless of those two different sides, is that, like you were alluding to, is that media's effect on athletes and how it's forced some of these issues or caused some of these issues. Well, yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen a number of of major athletes um, take a step back occasionally. Um, they might pause their lives to, you know, lifestyle changes. They become parents. You know, they just take a break, whatever. But this is the number two in women's world tennis mm-hmm. who prioritized like knew herself and prioritized and said like withstanding she'd already been fined fifteen thousand dollars by the tournament organizers for not appearing at a news conference and that was you know fine take it but then having to like publicly say that she struggled with depression before and that she has to prioritize that I mean, you have to give her kudos for taking that step and right. prioritizing her mental health. Yeah. I which believe. I think athletes more than probably many people, since mental health, emotional health does impact your physical health. Absolutely. They have to be very in tune with that. But I think it's a really good example that it's it's okay to step up in I mean, I think it's it's a positive thing that she at least spoke out and she put mm-hmm. out a statement and was very clear in the end, even though it was not that clear in the beginning. I think people just thought she was sort of like reclusive when it came right. to media. Right. Um, but the thing that was was very interesting was there were some of the major one of the major UK um, like editors or someone within the media, um, the journalist community in the UK, they actually said, maybe it's not so much a reflection on her. Maybe this is really more of a reflection on us. Yeah, I agree. And like, maybe this is a moment that we have to stop and say, we're driving these people to mental health problems. Like they're, they would rather quit what they're doing what they are so good at then step in a room with us yeah and that was just i mean i thought that that was a bold statement too because i think there's been a lot of criticism of media over the last several years especially here in the u.s um there's been a lot of distrust in the media and I think the media as an industry is struggling with where they go from here. Mm -hmm. And I think this idea of mental health is so critical that this is an important conversation for everybody to pay attention to, whether you're into sports, you like media, you hate media, whatever, because mental health is a catalyst for change now. Mm And I think that's amazing. It's causing self-reflection finally, not just in individuals, but in industries that, mm-hmm. that really do need to evolve at this point. It's, 
There are some really good quotes in both the article you sent me and the other one I read, I think was uh, New York Times. And they were talking about how it's like, it, you know, some people were saying, you know, media is a big part of the reason why this she has become the second, you know, the, 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 the highest paid female tennis player or highest. I think she's the highest paid female athlete in the planet. And it's like media has a lot of responsibility to that, but it's also trying to take that approach that you, for some reason media made her famous. The media had no effect on her skills. Mm-hmm. You know, her skills really got to where she was. It's not like she was a TV star or reality star where she relied on media to gain fame. Right. Her skills as an athlete got her that ability. Now, yes, media does help with people watching it on TV. It amplifies and it. And things like yeah. that where she can get sponsorships and so on and so forth and get different contracts. But her skills are what got her there. It's not, has nothing to do with her exposure on media. Um, to, I, to where she is, her level uh, in, in the sport. So um, trying to have that argument about she should be thankful to media is kind of, I, I don't really believe that. I don't, I don't subscribe to that just because yeah. it, it's different when it comes to athletes. And I mean, she's, some people think she she can take the approach of just saying no comment or anything like that when she goes and sits in a meeting and like you've, you know, your, uh, the, the former, your former favorite team's coach, Bill Belichick. He was a guy who was, I mean, he, he used to be almost non-existent at press conferences, his yeah. response. I mean, they were three word answers, monotone. No type of reaction, no facial expressions, nothing. I mean, he got it's to like the point where, game. yeah, he got to the point where I think people, media were more disinterested in talking to him than vice versa. Yeah. You know, so he took a probably maybe a more cerebral approach, knowing who, who he is as a coach to kind of almost somehow reverse psychology on the media. Yeah. But he's a guy who probably has maybe a little bit more control over emotions or things like that and maybe has a control on anxiety and stress. Unlike Osaka, who is 23, I think, 22? 23. Yeah, and it's a very young woman who is dealing with something that is very common in young women right now in depression and anxiety. You know, the younger aged women in early 20s are dealing with a lot of this. And then, of course, you amplified that she's a superstar. She's an international superstar. There's no wonder she has a lot of, you know, mental health issues that she's dealing with. Yeah. And I I think it's interesting that the people that they they took statements from that were not really in support of her. You know, that kind of said, well, we're athletes. We have to make ourselves available to mm-hmm. the media. It's part of the job. I mean, these people are like t- double-digit winners. Like, they've done this forever. She's, like, still probably in the earlier areas of her career. career. Yeah. And it's also when you're probably most apt to be facing these sorts of situations if you're struggling with mental health at that point too, I mean, yeah, as when you get to be a seasoned vet, you know, when you've done this over and over and over again, you develop mechanisms for coping. Mm. So for them to like quote people who've done this and have mastered this, not just 
their specific sports, but have also mastered dealing with the media. And also, let's be honest, the media are a lot more vicious now than they were five years ago, 10 years ago, when these people were probably starting their careers. They weren't on freaking Instagram. They didn't have millions of social media followers. Yeah. It is a different world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, media can be, I mean, even like you said, journalists can be motivated by getting popular, becoming popular in themselves. Yeah. They they have to They're just not employed by, yeah, exactly. They're just not employed by a publication like Wall Street Journal article we're reading right now. They could be employed by yahoo.com. I mean, Yahoo. I meant Yahoo as in like, Fill in the blank.com, you know. Yeah. I mean, Barstool Sports is a huge website. It's right. a huge type of organization now. And they just, they're just popular for doing crazy BS is just surrounded by sports. Yeah. You know, I mean, good. Right now, as we speak, Floyd Mayweather is getting ready to fight a YouTube star. If you don't know who Floyd Mayweather is, he's possibly the greatest boxer of all time, <laughs> is fighting a YouTube star who isn't even good. A YouTube star who's lost twice to another YouTube star. And the best boxer on the planet, possibly of all time, is fighting him right now. Basically so media and sports publicity media. Stuff, yeah. as sports a joke. media is yeah. come is so different from what like you said, the people who they've com- who commented, like I think it was Billie Jean King and yeah. uh, Martina Narto. Raphael. Oh, well, Raphael um, Nadal. Raphael Nadal. Yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. I I understand. 13-time French Open champion. So, I mean, it's in, you know. You didn't even have to open a social media handle when you were starting. You're very, and it's true. It's like you said, this was 23. So, the idea that she has a handle on all this instant fame, because she really became like kind of a, I wouldn't say overnight success, because tennis stars start really early. Yeah, they do. But, you know, she really got thrown into the into the mainstream media when she, in 2018 when she won the U.S. Open. So it was like that, when you think that, three years ago? Yeah. She was 20? I mean, that's crazy, you know? That's insane. To be essentially an international superstar when you're 20. Beating Serena Williams in the 2018 U.S. Open. Yeah. Who is probably the biggest name in tennis history. Well, yeah. female tennis history possibly ever, you know. Yeah. So it's, no, it's, it's it, I think it's, I think overall it's probably a good thing, you know, because not only are people, I think media is going to have to change, like you said. They're going to have to change if they want the access to the athletes, you know. Or because I mean it's that athletes are going to start negotiating it into their contracts, and and they they honestly they should be able to absolutely like I understand as an athlete and like for media, it is a give and take. You know, it's like you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you, but like they're feeding each other. Right. There needs to be a mutual understanding. There needs to be a compromise somewhere that says it doesn't have to be this way or no way right we can find other avenues for doing this i mean i think after the last year mental health has become a very real experience for so much of the population like unavoidably so Mm -hmm. it's been brushed under the table it's been downplayed for generations now you have an entire world in trauma. It just can't be avoided. 
and people who are taking steps to either regain or to heal from, you know, previous traumas and struggles, they should not be torn down. Like that just, that shouldn't be something that we do. Mm -hmm. And also as professionals and people ourselves, like whatever we're doing, whatever industry we work in, um, even if, you know, if you're not necessarily actively out there working, whatever you do is your role. Like knowing that supporting people in that position and seeing the humanity in people in other roles, it's important. Agreed. So, yeah. I mean, this really, I, I feel I'm, I'm not a tennis fan. Um, I've said that actually to a few people this week, ironically, <laughs> that had nothing to do with this. But I appreciate, like, I appreciate what she must have had to have gone through mm -hmm. to make this stance. Yeah. And to step back. I mean, she. this is a career, like, you know, some people might call it like a slip up. It's not, it's not the greatest thing to step back from a tournament with, yeah. you know, a lot of visibility and say, I'm just not going to do it anymore. But... I hope that this this really does push conversations and I hope it does make media step back and go, yeah, guys, we should reevaluate this. I agree. I think that's probably the best thing that could come of this. You know, hopefully, like I said, the best thing is that she addresses her needs. That's the best. Yeah, thing. that's the most um, important. But right. A close second, I think, is that media starts addressing their approach to addressing athletes you know mm -hmm. it's because i mean they even like i said i probably just you know repeating myself but you know the the article i read they were like the the approach that media takes at some of these press conferences and it's like any sports it can be doesn't have to be tennis yeah um you know i listen to joe rogan a lot and he's a ufc commentator and he he frequently talks about how he is torn about interviewing somebody who just got knocked out you know it's like not only is it you you probably can't get the best information from somebody that's pretty much concussed right um but he's like he it's just it like you said it's very it, it's not fair to them you know and it, it's not fair to try to expect somebody who just lost in any sport to give you a measured synopsis of their performance or the other team's performance or what they did wrong i mean what that, not, that to, immediate, <laughs> to immediately ask someone to relive this horrible experience yeah. that they're going to like mentally replay to yeah. themselves Absolutely. to try to figure out what the hell went wrong. Like, I mean, like it makes no sense in my mind to yeah. do that right afterwards. The only reason is like maybe they'll slip up and say something outrageous yeah. and we can get it in the story. Yeah. Which yeah. is... It's just kind of BS. Yeah. So, like I said, hopefully those things will change and maybe they'll have to, you know, pre-approve all their questions beforehand. Maybe that's how they have to do it, you know? Mm. I don't know. Or, yeah, or maybe maybe they'll just, yeah, they'll they'll figure out a different way to get information and yeah. it won't be like these immediately following. Let's right. get your yeah. purely emotional Yeah responses to something give them a little decompression time sometimes yeah all right so i thought that was that's a great that was a good information we provided hopefully we guys enlighten you guys on this if you weren't aware of it already and kind of 
maybe took a whole another approach. A lot of people are probably debating who was right, who was wrong, but I don't think that's really important. It's debating on how we grow and how we can improve on yeah, this. You know? Kinds of things that are also gonna change the direction that, you know, society's going. Yeah, that's a great it's a it's a good hopefully it's a good indicator of things change in a positive yeah. direction. So um pumped about it. I'm pumped that we were able to share that new information. You're just like dead <laughs> set on making a very obvious segue. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh. Are you talking about what's got us pumped? I guess we are. <laughs> <laughs> you go first on what's got us pumped. <laughs> well, besides the fact that I have um, actually been able to get through this entire podcast this week for the first time in a while without coughing yeah i mean let's just get a little hallelujah for that hallelujah i'm actually going back to it's been a while since i brought up this particular item that's got me pumped and it's because i haven't really touched it for a while Mm -hmm. but i have again and i'm like oh i forgot how much you're like how amazing you are so I've not been sleeping particularly wonderful mm-hmm. um, in recent weeks and days. So I looked up at my my shelves the other day. I looked up and I saw this lovely little bottle called Zen just chilling on my shelf collecting dust. I was wondering when you were going to get to and that. And I was like, oh, my freaking goodness. I'm like, the answer has literally been staring at me in the face. For me, my struggle with sleep is going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Unlike my my co-host here what? who will like fall asleep and be in a deep sleep in a matter of minutes sometimes. I mean, I there's been many a night where I just glared at him as he's sitting there like peacefully slumbering and I cannot fall asleep. And then I also have a problem waking up like around two or three o'clock in the morning. So this item is Zen, which is a relaxation and sleep um, like like little supplements. Mm-hmm. And it's by Cured Nutrition, who we've had we've had an interview with them. Yep. They are probably also our number one favorite CBD Uh product provider because they don't just have CBD on the product for marketing purposes. They legitimately have beautiful blends Hmm. of adaptogens and CBD and they actually work. Like not in a way where you you notice it the next day, like you feel an after effect, but just you feel like you're working like you should. Yeah. I know you were taking um, some of their other products yep. for a while, but this one is particularly for relaxing and sleeping. And it is just the ticket. Like I take two, I don't even take like three, which is I think like the top range. Two of these little babies within... I would say like 45 minutes, I am comfortably dozy, mm-hmm. like dozing off and like happy about it. Oh, yeah. Not That's struggling good. to sleep. Have you taken them yet? Not yet. Oh, okay. No, no. I have not it's taken them yet. like how much time yet. do we have left? I know. 
This is why I did not take them yet. Um, so yeah, if you haven't already checked out the Cure Nutrition products, I definitely recommend um, looking into them. And if you are a person that's like, I've tried melatonin and I've tried this and I've tried that, try this Zen relaxation and sleep one because it's fantastic. And if you want to learn more details about Cure, the whole Cured company, you can go back to episode 214 and hear our interview with the CEO, Joseph Sheehy. That's from June 8th, 2020. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. It feels Pretty like much it was, a year it, ago. It feels like it was like three years ago, or four years ago. I remember I did that interview at our old house I while remember. Ella was sleeping. Yeah, and I remember she came out at the end <laughs> and inter- and pleasantly interrupted. So, uh, yes, great. I'm glad you're pumped for that. Once you so take it, you'll be so, so pumped pump. to go to sleep. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's got me pumped is you kind of did this. You had this as your thing that pumped seeing people, seeing friends, seeing family. We are officially going to Maryland in July. We're going on our first trip. Yes. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Um, but we are, I'm pumped to do that. I'm pumped to see. Not just a trip, but we're going on an airplane. We're going on the airplane. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So um, pumped to see my family. Pumped to go home for the first time in a long time. Pumped to see my niece. Um, you know, and my brother, obviously, so we're going back for their birthday. <laughs> and, but, and the other, yeah, the other um, guy. You know, I haven't been home with my goddaughter. Um, haven't been at her birthday. Haven't been to any of her birthdays. So this is very special. So yeah. I'm very pumped for that. Um, and that should be, that'll be happening a little over a month. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so hopefully you guys enjoyed what's got us pumped. Hopefully you're pumped for this episode and all the many ATF episodes that are available. I think this is number 266. So wow. we got a lot of stuff you guys, a lot for you guys to listen to. You can go back and check it all out. We've got a wide range of health and fitness topics for you guys to check out. So please check it out. Please leave a rating review and let us know what you think and share the podcast with a friend. Got anything else for me tonight? Nope. I'm going to go take my little supplements. Uh, the countdown is on. This it's has been on. another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast, and we'll check you next time. Bye. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at The ATF Podcast, and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks.